when, when I think about serving in the, in the university, I, I never would have thought that I would be doing ministry in the university. Uh, I was the most unlikely candidate. I was uh, extremely, extremely shy and extremely unacademic. Uh, well, not extreme. I shouldn't say that. But I was, I was not, not very academic, uh, at least not in relevant ways when I was growing up. Uh, but, you know, God chooses unlikely people. And he uses us to do things that he wants to do. Um, you know, Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship. Right? Created, in, created in Christ to do good works, which he has prepared in advance for us to do. God has, and, and what this means, first of all, is, well, you're, you're a piece of work. You're, you're still in process. Well, we're... We're not there, but God is working with us and transforming us to make us useful to Him. It also means that we are a work of art. Like as God is working in your life and shaping you and transforming you into the likeness of Christ, and He steps back and says, "This is, yeah, this is who I meant for you to be, and this is how I meant for you to serve." And who, out of who God is making you to be flows the ministry and the work that he has for you to do. And, and that's why he says that God's prepared in advance uh, for us to do. You've got work to do. And, and this is good. It's a great privilege. Um, I, uh, I am currently offering uh, courses, accredited Bible college courses, Two university students at the U of M, transferable to their universe to their degrees. Uh, I'm also uh, a chaplain. I'm part-time interning right now, and and uh, probably moving into to full-time chaplaincy uh, this summer coming up. But the story started back in 2018 January when I received two emails from. Uh, one from my PhD colleague my, and friend in England, and one from a former prof of mine at Providence. And uh, they each two weeks apart from each other. I was a PhD theology graduate. Uh, they uh, both emailed me and said, uh, we have a job opening up here for a, a theology prof. Why don't you consider applying? Jobs are very rare in this field extremely rare, and teaching posts, and <coughs> to get two emails within two weeks of each other like this, I'm going, something's up. God, God's up to something here. And, uh, and I thought, surely, one of these places was the place for me. So I candidated at Prov, and I was one of two candidates, and they gave the job to the other guy. And, and, and so I was disappointed, but I learned my lessons. I said, oh yeah, I could have done the interview better this way and this way and that way. I went into my second interview uh, just uh, maybe a week or two later. This is now with Regent's Theological College in England. And uh, now I was one of four candidates. Um, and whereas uh, the other... Okay. And, and they had invited me to come in person and they were going to pay half the ticket, and I, I said, well, 
do I do this or do I don't one in four? What are my chances? Am I going to blow all that money on this on this interview? And so I asked to to uh, to do this online uh, by video conferencing, and so they agreed to that. So we have three other candidates who are live. Uh, I'm going to be disadvantaged doing teleconferencing, um, and I would was to do a 10 minute presentation to a panel of eight people interviewing me, and then they split up into into two panels of four, each taking turns. Um, about so, interviews of about an hour long, at least an hour long each, with panel of four, and then another hour with the other panel firing questions at me. They gave me a task to do afterwards, and uh, and uh, the whole thing took took about three hours. Wow. Uh, and it was just a long, grueling process. Well, God gave me so much grace in this, and and they said, you know, this was the the Thursday before Easter weekend, and uh, they said, okay, we will get back to you next week. Well, they called me back half an hour later and offered me the position, and and uh, they said, I know this is a big decision for you guys, you know, but and. Come and make a site visit, which I had suggested. But uh, we want to give you a conditional offer on, the, on this job. Yeah. And so I was elated. I was ecstatic. Like, this is just... In, it, I felt like I'd been elected to office. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, this is... Here's eight people who unanimously agreed to select me out of the four candidates. Mm-hmm. And, and, well, surely this is God, right? <laughs> Uh, so I was ecstatic. I told Carlana, and she was just devastated. <laughs> she was absolutely devastated because we lived in England for two years before. Uh, she had found it hard getting used to that. Uh, her family is here. She was in a job she enjoyed for the. She's a nurse, but she's working in a place that she liked for the first time in her working career. And, and we're settled into the church, finally, she's got a network of friends, she did not want to leave. And so, I really wanted to go, she really wanted to stay, and this is all the makings for, for a marital disaster, right? Um, but we knew from the beginning that we needed to agree on this, and, and we needed to submit this to the Lord. If we agree with the Lord, then we'll agree with each other, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a process of learning to hear His voice. Uh, but, and so we fasted and, and prayed over that weekend, and just seeking the Lord, surrendering our will completely to Him, because the only way we hear His voice is when we surrender. He's not going to tell us if we're set on, in our own ways. Uh, we need to surrender. Uh, and so there was this whole journey and this whole process that that really touched things in our marriage, things in our relationship with my in-laws. Um, we won't get into all that, but uh, but there was a point that that Tuesday following when when Cardana was ready to give it up, to say yes, I'm willing to go, and I'm ready to go. And, you know, I, I needed also to, to put my heart in a place where I'm ready to say, I'm willing to give this up. 
Um, but uh, she said she was ready, and we started making plans, and she started getting excited. And then that night, uh, we were doing family devotions, and she walked away, and uh, and she didn't tell me and, until the next morning that you know something didn't feel right. And then, and that the Lord told her the night before that uh, what you have given up to me, what you surrendered to me, I will give back to you. Uh, and so the next morning she told me that, and I'm going, oh no, <laughs> now it's my turn. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we, we made it through the morning, we made it through lunch, and I'm praying, right? God, yeah, I'm willing. And I'm, I'm putting, a, I'm just cleaning up after lunch, just praying, Lord, I'm willing to give up this job, but do you really want me to give it up? And he says, yes, I want you to give it up. It was so clear. Uh, and and do, do you really want me to stay in Steinbeck? Yes. I want you to stay in Steinbeck. And, and now I'm pacing the living room floor. Well, do, I, do you want me to tell her? Because if I tell her, that's going to seal the deal. Right? <laughs> and I, did, I did not want to tell her. <laughs> uh, she was you know, getting ready to go out somewhere. And, and the Lord said, yes, you should tell her. <laughs> and so I dragged myself down the hallway to the living room and, uh, to the bedroom and, and said, I, I think the Lord is telling me to give up this job, my dream job. He, I, I, think, I, think, I think he wants us to stay. And she just melted. She just totally <laughs> lost it. And... and um, it was just a wonderful moment in our marriage, you know, because I was willing to lay down the job for the Lord, but also for her and the family. Um, and so I was staying, we were going to stay, and here I am with this PhD and no job. I mean, I started teaching adjunct, which is contract work, a course here and there, very little money. Uh, but I was virtually unemployed. Um, good thing she's a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, but, but see, when God speaks, we obey. That's the bottom line. Because we're His. We're not our own. We were bought out of house. And, and so I had to come to terms with this. My life is not my own. My job is not my own. My career is not my own. This move will destroy my career. But it's not my own. It belongs to the Lord. And so we give it up. Um, so uh, we stayed. And as we continued on from there, uh, I was in a conversation we, with, well, we had a couple over, a friends of ours, and he works at, at Prof did at the time, and, and he was telling me, you know, there's some, some things I've heard before, but from outsiders, and it was, I was n not believing. But, uh, but he said, you know, there's some very strong pro-LGBT elements uh, uh, in the college. Uh, some of the faculty, uh, very influential in this, and I've seen uh, some somewhat pro-abortion elements there as well, and I'm going, what, really? I mean, they're a, they're a Christian college, 
Christian university supported by evangelicals, conservatives. How can they do this? And, and I was getting a little bit upset, uh, thinking, well, and, and I already knew about CNU, and you know, there's a range, right, in each faculty uh, from liberal conservative. Um, and CMU is the other Christian university around here, but I went to CNBC for a year, and I knew that that wasn't much better, or wasn't really uh, any better. And, and, uh, and then around that time, we had that case where, you know, our Trinity Western University uh, wanted to start a law school, right? And the law associations are opposing them, and they lost the Supreme Court case to two of the provinces. And so they cannot train lawyers for BC and Ontario. And, and so I'm going, is there, is there an attack on our Christian universities? Is the enemy attacking our Christian universities? And what if the teachers' associations start doing this? And what if other professional groups start doing this? But it's the Christian university who get wiped out. How do we train? Christians for the marketplace, for these professions. And so as I started praying and dreaming about this, God, God started to, to give me a, a bit of a vision for training up Christian workers within a secular university. Training Christian professionals for the marketplace within the sec- an underground Christian university. And so I started thinking of how, what are some elements that we can provide, elements of Christian education, elements from a Bible college from a Christian university, that we can provide for students in a secular university, like the U of M or the U of W, um, or Lincoln. Um, and so I thought, well, accredited courses, is there a way we can give them courses that can be transferred into their, into their programs? Um, uh, off-campus residence. What if we had them living in dorms off-campus that we run like a Bible college dorm for their disciple? Mm-hmm. As a college student, I, I grew by leaps and bounds as a result of that kind of environment. And we do this for our university students. Um, professional mentoring. Um, if you're studying all these different fields, you're Christian social work student. A social work is that field that is very hostile, generally, very hostile to Christian. Um, but what if you had a Christian social worker who was in the field, who was mentoring you and, and walking you through this? Right? Teachers, uh, lawyers, doctors who, who mentor you, someone who is in the field and who knows the, knows the way. Um, I've thought of different elements as well on my networking, other things. Uh, and so this is kind of the larger vision of what I've come to call Apprentice U. Uh, Apprentice U as a ministry to help bring Christian education to secular universities. Uh, and the vision, Apprentices of Christ. We want to raise up Apprentices of Christ in every profession. And a disciple is an apprentice in kingdom living. And what if our Christian lawyer decides
emphasize Jesus is not only my master in, in living, but he's my master in my practice as well. Would that be good? Uh, and so, apprentice of Christ, married profession. Uh, so that's, um, that's the basic vision. And, you know, I've listed rationales here, I've listed the values here, the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Whatever we do here, we want Jesus to be absolutely Lord of our lives, our relationships, our work, every part. It has to start there. Uh, learning to live the resurrected life of Jesus. The truly Christian life. Uh, the gospel of the kingdom. You know, the, the gospel is not just about getting to heaven or getting your sins forgiven. Have you noticed Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom? And so did John the Baptist. It means there's a king. Jesus is our king. And when we live in submission to him, he blesses us. Because that, that's what kings do. Kings protect his people provide for the people, blesses the people. And, and this is what we have throughout Scripture. God is king, blesses people who submit to him. And so as people submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, they experience the kingdom blessings of forgiveness, of healing, and of, of all the provisions that they need. And but we need to think of the gospel biblically. It's about the kingdom, and we have a king. Um, and you know, there's other things that you have in there. Spiritual intellect, you know, spirituality and the life of the mind, of the intellect, are not opposed to each other. Um, it's possible for well-educated intellectual people to be uh, to reject Christ but it's also possible for well-educated intellectual people to be in love with Jesus on fire for the kingdom and effective servants of his kingdom right? and so they're not opposed to each other we want to cultivate a spiritual intellect it's been said so many times the problem with Christians we don't think enough. We've lost the ability to think and all throughout our culture we have a push to dumb everybody down except for the elites uh, that they want to shape after their likeness with their values, with their satanic values. Uh, those are the people that they want to become um, to become intellectuals and to become trained professionals and, and powerful people in our world, influential people in our world. And I think God has other plans. God wants Christians in these places of society. Uh, so, um, the family, biblical perspectives on marriage and family, gender and sexuality, sacredness of human life. Um, we don't want to compromise in this. Christian universities are being pressured to compromise. Christian 
uh, academics are pressured to compromise. If, you, if you're not going to get this position unless you subscribe to their ethics. And, and we need to say, no, we stand for God's values. Now, let's see what we can do in the world. Uh, in partnership with the local church. So, uh, I, uh, back in, you know, I was, actually just to back up a little bit, it was in December, I was talking to an old friend of mine and, uh, about, about my vision for this, and he says, wow, why are you sitting on this? Why don't you do something? And, and I said, well, I, I don't know. I can do this. Like I'm just a teacher. <laughs> he says, "You're not just a teacher. <laughs> you just start exploring this. Pray about it. Start talking to people." And and so in January I started uh, praying through this. I started writing. Uh, I started writing this. Uh, well, not this, but I started writing this vision document. I started writing up these values. I started approaching pastors and churches. I just started talking around. Started talking to campus ministers who are working on, on the university campus. And uh, it was a very long, slow process, but, but uh, things started happening. Um, I offer SBC courses to university students. Uh, SBC caught, caught my vision and he said, we like this. You know, we wanted to get into Winnipeg. We didn't know how. This is a great, this is a great vision. We want to work with you. So I'm offering their courses, SBC courses, to university students, and they're they're very happy to partner with me. Uh, God has uh, opened up an opportunity for me to serve as the chaplain at the university. He was, uh, I, I met the Pentecostal chaplain at the U of M uh, years ago. I decided to look him up and to talk to him about Apprentice U. And he, he said uh, at the end of our meeting, you know, I'm just about to retire and don't see anyone around hmm. to, to take over. They, they really need someone to take over this. And, and so that led in a process to my interning under him now as a, as a chaplain and, and when he retires in the summer I will likely become the next chaplain there. Oh, and so oh, God, sorry, where? Uh, at the U of M. So this is a, yeah, one, of the, one of the chaplaincies at the U of M. Pathfinder uh, <coughs> Christian Ministry it's called. And so now I can teach these courses and, and I can serve as chaplain two pieces that work together uh, to help build students. Uh, I would love, I still want to see the dorm come up. You know, there's still other things that I'd love to see happen, but one piece at a time, one step at a time, God is doing it against all odds. I, you asked me back in uh, December, I would have said, like, I, don't, I have no idea how this is going to come together. It looks so impossible but he's starting to put pieces together. God's doing it. Um, so I'm there. I'm trying to foster unity. 
among Christian workers and groups. I'm, some of them are not very quick to work with each other. Uh, and so I, I met with you know, one of the campus ministers and, and we had a chat. He liked my vision, he liked what I'm doing. And I prayed with him afterwards. And, and then afterwards I just said, hey, can we meet once in a while and just pray together? Yeah, why not? Beginnings of a relationship. Beginnings of, of different groups starting to come together. And so I'm trying to reach out to campus workers uh, to foster some unity, more unity. Um, Muslim students. Oh, I was just talking to... Um, I was just talking to... Uh, you know, couple from our church that had been missionaries to Tunisia and Kenya and they love Muslims and, and uh, he was telling me about, about reaching Muslims because I told him there's a lot of Muslims at the university. They have a prayer room uh, men and women and each side holds a hundred people and, and they cycle through about 300 people a day at their, their daily prayers. And the university gives them space for this. And, you know, the, the current chaplain is a little bit intimidated, but I, I'm realizing this is a great mission field. Mm -hmm. And Muslims respect Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if you start asking... So I, um, I was talking to uh, this guy, spiritual care coordinator. He's kind of a liaison between the university administration and, and all the rest of us. And uh, asking him about interfaith stuff, and then telling him I, I'd love to meet some of these people. And he took me to the Muslim Students Association. Uh, uh, you know, there, he showed me okay, the washing stations. There's the prayer rooms in the back, um, and there were some pamphlets there he wanted to give me so I can get more information. And they weren't there, but we met this guy there. He's from the UAE. And uh, he's a Muslim. We started talking, and and uh, my friend said, "Yeah, you know, Elmer is interested in learning more about Islam. And where are those pamphlets you had?" And so this guy took me to the back. Or he showed me around. He took me to the back. He pushed a bunch of pamphlets my way and a book about Muhammad and the Quran. And he says, "Like, let's talk. You know, read this stuff. I'd love to talk to you." And so already I have this great contact with this Muslim student and I hope to make more. I think there's, there's an open door here to share the gospel with Muslims, with Hindus, with Buddhists, as well as uh, just non-religious people. Uh, so, uh, so uh, we're doing that we're hoping to. Uh, U of W, so this is U of N. U of W currently has no chaplains. They have a few student groups, and we have a strong uh, uh, undercurrent of, of Christian students there. There's some good things. The Holy Spirit's movement, Christian movement is strong, but, but uh, no chaplaincies. Um, I wonder if I wonder if there could be space for chaplaincy there. I wonder if, um, and also, 
I wonder if our salt and light, I mean, we have a lot of salt and light students at the U of W. Um, I wonder if they might band together and form a, a Christian student group. Mm. Wouldn't that be good? Um, Red River, Red River, there's even less. As far as I can see, Red River College has absolutely no visible Christian presence. They don't have any Christian clubs, even student, student clubs. Um, it only takes about, it only takes five members. You have five Christian students and they're band together, they can become a club, potentially, you know, and establish a presence and a witness. So, just some thoughts I have. So I don't know what they have at Lakehead uh, University, but uh, I, I actually don't know if they have a chaplain. They used to have a chaplain, um, Sister Alice, Roman Catholic nun, okay. amazing woman. I got to know her you when know, I was at the university. Yeah. Um, but I, she's retired, and I don't know if they have a chaplain. Okay. Do they have? Um, Student groups like we, IBCF we, yeah, we did have, I was part of IBCF. Okay. Um, we did have that then. I don't know now. Okay. I've been out of that for 15 years. I don't know what they have now. Um, so it was one of the things that actually came to my mind and tried to find out um, what they have. I think one of the local churches in Thunder Bay kind of took IBCF on where they were going, okay. which was a good and bad thing, not bad, but positive and negative. Positive is that. IBCF now has a platform, more so a support. Yeah. Negative is that it, it, it essentially became an extension of the one church, right. which IBCF always was very clear that they're not, they don't belong to one church, they sit, their advisory board is the pastors of the city. Right. So I don't know where that's at right now. Okay. Yeah, if you're, if you're working on campus, you can pray about, you know, pray about which way to go. Is there an existing group that, that the Lord wants you to work with and, and, and start developing some relationship with them? Or uh, does, does he want you to start your own thing? If you have a group of students there, um, they could form their own student group. And um, you can have cooperative relationships with other groups, but that could be that we want to study on too. It could go either way. But pray about that. And we can talk more, but I think um, so I want to take a few moments. If you have if you have any questions about this, we can talk. Um, if you'd like to keep in touch with me. Uh, we can continue the conversation if you want to be on my newsletter. Uh, if I had thought of maybe even doing a, maybe a, a WhatsApp group to, to do prayer and visioning together. Uh, more of a, a place I can throw up, here's what's going on and we pray for, for this or that. As well as, hey, as we're praying for this, I think God's saying yes, or I'd love to see that happen. You know, and we can and we can be praying and listening not only for Winnipeg but also for Thunder Way, you know, um, and even for for the school division.
so that's that was an idea. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, and the other thought was. Uh, I would love to be a part of a let's keep in touch. Yeah, but in any case, uh, yeah, do do let me know. Um, so what I'd like to do as well is is just take some time to pray and dream, pray and vision together, and and see what what the Lord has in mind. Well, first of all, are there are there any questions at this point? Well, so what's SBC? Okay, so that's Steinbeck Bible College. So Steinbeck Bible College is uh, is it fair to say that the only solidly evangelical college uh, in Bible College in the province right now? I hope that's fair. Um, but the only solidly uh, conservative evangelical college. Uh, not sure. You will have elements of that in other places. Elements of that at Prague. Elements of that at CMU. Maybe less than Prague, but but a little bit there as well. There's some MBs there at, at CMU. Uh, and actually, our chaplaincy is the only. Uh, evangelical, clearly evangelical chaplaincy on campus as well. There's a Mennonite chaplain, but that includes General Conference and uh, MB and something else. But General Conference is, you guys from General Conference, so. Yeah. Sorry, in the chaplaincy position for yourself is at. That's at the U of M. U of M. Yeah. Uh, that's at the U of M, and so because chaplains have official recognition by the university, yes. um, and so U of M has been good enough so far to to maintain those chaplaincies. Um, we do sometimes feel a little bit pushed further and further into the corner, and, and we're trying to resist that. Do you have any? So you. How do you become a chaplain, essentially? I'm not sure about, like, in my total life, do you have to have any, like, accreditation, certain courses, or is your background with theology your, your basis for that door being opened? Okay, so, um, yeah, so there's a chaplain's association, which, which is basically run by the chaplains, but, but uh, together with the spiritual care coordinator from the university. Um, and as of right now, the association doesn't have um, doesn't have policies on this. They should have policies, and that's going to be put in place. And so, what will probably happen is that uh, they want to make sure that you are with, because a chaplain is a, is clergy. So they want to make sure that you have um, ministerial credentials mm-hmm. from some from your own body, your own religious body. So, uh, so they'll want to, to put that in place. So you should be clergy, you should be a, a minister. Um, and in Salt and Light, 
it's actually pretty easy because if your church appoints you, you know, as a as a pastor or as a minister, your church can actually credential you. And, and so that's usually how it works. Now, you're also with ACOP. Right? Kind of? We are, we're not with anybody. So okay. we, we have a relationship. The church used to be, used to be an ACOP church. Um, we still maintain relationship with ACOP. But ACOP type of covering is not, the example I like to give is like the Anglican Church of Canada, every property that has an Anglican Church in the whole country is owned by the, by the Anglican Church. ACOP is different. ACOP is through relationship, it's not, so they don't, right. we're not part of, we're not technically part of the denomination ACOP, right. but we do have a relationship with the ACOP and we do have a relationship with Salt and Light, so we're kind of, but now my pastor is 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 his his accreditation is under ACOP. Right. Um, but we're not. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's so, relationship based. Okay. So so as a church, let's say uh, if you want to be a chaplain at Lakehead, um, <clears throat> one of the things that would happen is that you would have to get credentialing whether uh, from ACOP mm-hmm. or. Uh, from your church. Like in our church, the pastors get accreditation from the church and the church can do that, the mm-hmm. local church. I think that's, yeah, that's Manitoba <coughs> versus Ontario. I'm not sure how that works in Ontario. I yeah. so, so you'd, you'd have to look into that. But from the university end, uh, you'd have to, to ask, all right, are there existing chaplaincies? Uh, and, and look into that. And... Um, if if there are no existing chaplaincies, it can be difficult to establish. Uh, most secular university administrations will not be quick to and establish chaplaincies. Yeah. Uh, some of them are. Uh, as of right now, the U of Manitoba has has uh, a Christian president. Uh, things are shifting and changing, uh, and he's retiring. But but that is that is happening. Please continue if you need to. I just gonna let you know once you're done, lunch is served. Okay, so come on into the lunch line. Thank you. <coughs> I, I have no desire <laughs> at all to be chaplain at the university at all. Okay, not even close. Yeah. What is but, Sorry? What is ACOP? Apostolic Church of Pentecost. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 But, I, but I have been feeling, thinking, I'm a police officer. Okay. So I'm, I'm thinking more in that direction. Okay. I didn't come to this mm-hmm. session for police at all. Yeah. I came from university. Yeah. But the whole chaplaincy thing is something that has been staring my heart for the police department. Yeah. Is there currently a chaplain? No. He died. Oh. 12 years ago, I've oh, never replaced it. Okay. No. So it well, is. The problem is that it's a paid, it's a paid job. Yeah. Currently, I think it's 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 put as a paid. We've talked. Some people have talked about it, but he hasn't been talked about it in many years. Not very. Yeah. Like paid by that like, through. The police department. Yeah. yeah. So are, are you, you working as a police officer? I'm a police, police officer. Police okay. Mm. Yeah. Not a, yeah. It's not a well, pray about it. Well. Yeah. You know, if the Lord wants you to be yeah. the police chaplain, 
Just, just start praying into it. I've started talking about it. I'm part of the peer support group, okay. which kind of provide. We're not, we're not trained professionally. We're not counselors. We're not mental health workers, but we are trained to provide peer support for each other regarding um, traumatic situations, which is every day, yeah. um, and how to walk through them with the whole intent of guiding and encouraging officers to go seek um, professional help. Okay. Uh, so, so I do that. So that kind of has opened a door yeah. to some, you know, and I've, I've spoken to some of the uh, coordinators of all the chaplaincy um, thing at, at the department. So it's, it's, yeah, you know, some of those pictures, it's a puzzle. Yeah. I'm not saying the Lord wants me to be a chaplain, but I'm, my heart is clearly staring in that direction, seeing my workplace, my, the marketplace yeah. as my calling. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that I ended up in this Ooh. session because yeah. I didn't come here for chaplaincy. So. <laughs> well, now, now, in many chaplaincies, and I, I suspect that'll be the case with police chaplaincy, is that you will need to get some formal training. Yeah. Uh, you, you need some uh, CPE, it's clinical pastoral education. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and so. Um, you take CPE units and you get trained. And basically, you get trained for pastoral care in, in that situation. Clinical pastoral what? Education. Okay. Clinical pastoral education. Uh, so that's a requirement if you were, say, a hospital chaplain, um, probably police chaplain, military chaplain, in, in some of these different contexts. I know Clunis, the former police chief of Winnipeg, okay. Devon Clunis, yeah. he was he was a chaplain, he was a police officer, became a chaplain, and then became a sergeant, and then eventually became police chief. Um, <coughs> yeah, so, yeah, it would be interesting for me to find out what the, you see, I don't want to go requiring mm-hmm. until I feel like that's what the Lord is saying directly, because yeah. I don't want to start knocking on a door that I'm not willing to walk through or let me phrase that, that the Lord is not directing me to walk through. Um, right. But I, yeah, I kind of feel like it's, I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Like, well, best place to start is in prayer, right? And, and pray and, and ask the Lord whether he, he may be leading you into this. And I mean, you could, you could also try just doing some some searching around for information without talking to True. any of your superiors, right? What's, you know, whether there's a, a requirement for police chaplaincy. I'm, I'm, I would be pretty certain that you'll need CPE. Uh, I don't know how many units, but, but some. And how do I get that? Well, uh, they'll offer it in different places. For instance, uh, an old friend of mine used to used to teach this uh, in Brandon, and so it would be kind of Brandon Hospital, University, that kind of thing. I know that U of W offers offers. You, you know, if it'll be like online. Type. Yeah, I know. Like the Catholic Youth College does as well. Somebody's like, he was doing it mostly online, and then he had to sometimes go to Winnipeg to do some classes. Which was it? I think it was for the Catherine Booth College. William and Catherine Booth College. It's a Salvation Army. Catherine Booth College? William and Catherine Booth College. Yeah, it's downtown. 
Yeah. There might be something closer as well. Yeah, it's a college associated with the U of W. Oh, 